You know, sometimes I wonder why we have these separations, the chapter separations in the Bible. Well, I really know why. But Ezekiel, he doesn't miss a a beat. He goes right from chapter 38 directly into chapter 39, continuing actually where he left off. Hi, everyone. I'm Bill Nordstrom, and welcome to the program today as we continue where we left off in chapter 38. Ezekiel picks it right up. Verse 1, And you, son of man, prophesy against Gog, and say, Thus says the Lord God, Behold, I'm against you, O Gog, the prince of Rosh, Meshech, and Tubal, and I will turn you around, lead you on, bringing you up from the far north and against the mountains of Israel. Almost exactly what he said in chapter 38. I'll put hooks in your jaws and lead you out to go against the land. Verse 3. Then I will knock the bow out of your left hand and cause the arrows to fall out of your right hand. Now the battle begins in earnest, my friend. This end-time battle. The question, of course, is just which battle is it? Uh, There's been more than a little debate about whether this confrontation comes sooner or later. Our good friend Reggie Kelly said something very insightful on the subject the other day. He sees only one option, and I too believe the text supports this one choice. The battle of Gog and Magog speaks of the final earthly confrontation of this age. Jacob's trouble, we know it primarily as the the Great Tribulation. The argument comes up when we read John's mention of Gog and Magog in Revelation chapter 20, verse 7, at the end of the book of Revelation. Now, when the thousand years have expired, Satan will be released from his prison and will go out to deceive the nations which are in the four corners of the earth, Gog and Magog, to gather them together to battle, whose number is as the sand of the sea." They went up on the breadth of the earth and surrounded the camp of the saints and the beloved city. And fire came down from God out of heaven and devoured them. See, this is clearly post-millennial. After the 1,000-year reign of Messiah on the earth when the nations are at rest, uh, it's clear the devil is cast into the lake of fire and brimstone with the beast and the false prophet tormented forever. Then immediately comes, listen, the great white throne judgment in verse 11. Might this mention of uh, Gog and Magog at the end of the book in Revelation be nothing more than John using a type or a a symbol of a uh, post-millennial reiteration or repeat of actually what, what took place before the millennium? but with some important differences. I believe that's what John's communicating here. Certainly was aware of the Ezekiel prophecy and the great conflagration before the millennium. So this is very important for us to consider. And I believe it'll keep us from losing any kind of focus on the significance of this prophecy, especially the prophecy in Ezekiel 38 and 39. Some, some have dedicated more time on its place and position in the Bible rather than its clear presentation of an age-ending prophecy. It becomes very clear when and where the battle ends. 
which we will see in Ezekiel chapter 39, verse 8. The Spirit says, Surely it's coming, and it shall be done, says the Lord God. This is the day of which I have spoken, past tense. The day most spoken of by God throughout the Bible is the day of the Lord. It's all over the place, and God hasn't been shy about talking about it. The Lord has made it clear throughout His Word, the day of the Lord brings this age to an end, and the accompanying battle will be the battle for all battles, leading directly to the coming of our Lord and His 1,000-year reign on the earth. Now, compare the day spoken of in Ezekiel 39, 8, to the words of John in Revelation chapter 16, at the, again at the end of the book. Then the sixth angel poured out his bowl on the great river Euphrates, and its water was dried up, so that the way of the kings from the east might be prepared. And I saw three unclean spirits, like frogs, coming out of the mouth of the dragon, out of the mouth of the beast, Gog, and out of the mouth of the false prophet. You see, Gog, Gog, and the false prophet are still on the earth at this speaking in Revelation chapter 16. Let's go to verse 14. For they are the spirits of demons, performing signs which, which go out into the kings of the earth and for the whole world to gather them. You would agree this is an age-ending battle, wouldn't you? So they're, so they're being gathered to what? To the battle of that great day of God Almighty. Then verse 17, this really brings a conclusion to this. Then the seventh angel poured out his bowl into the air, and a loud voice came out of the temple of heaven from the throne, saying, It is done. Boy, that's pretty conclusive. The end of the age, a great battle, and God declares that it's done. That leaves little question, folks, that the Antichrist leads the attack. There's no such description of any other invader, premillennial or postmillennial. So this great battle Ezekiel is prophesying, is it's Jacob's trouble. We know it better as the Great Tribulation, the final three and a half years of this age. Also, Israel's dwelling securely at the time of this age-ending confrontation. Let's go back to Ezekiel 38, verse 8. After many days you will be visited. In the latter years you will come into the land of those brought back from the sword, gathered from many people on the mountains of Israel, which had long been desolate. They were brought out of the nations, and now all of them dwell safely." That's not, that's not the secure dwelling promised to millennial Israel. Although there's similar language promised in the millennium following the day of the Lord, this is really a pre-tribulational event while the, the nation resides under a false security. So let's go to verse 4 of chapter 39. Verse 4, you, that's, that's speaking of Gog, shall fall upon the mountains of Israel, you and all your troops and the peoples who are with you. I'll give you to the birds of prey of every sort and to beasts of the field to be devoured. You shall fall on the open field, for I've spoken, says the Lord God. All right. 
It's clear the Antichrist is killed by the hand of God at the end of Jacob's trouble, not at the end of the Gog-Magog confrontation after the millennium. And where does this happen? It happens in the land. Ezekiel 39.6 And I will send fire on Magog, and on those who live in security in the coastlands, then they shall know that I am the Lord. Again, location is specific. Location, location. As we saw in the last episode, ancient Magog was associated or located in modern-day Turkey. No question who's involved in the battle. Islamic nations that are in close proximity to Israel. Verse 7, So I will make my holy name known in the midst of my people Israel. I'll not let them profane my name anymore. Then, then the nations shall know that I am the Lord, the Holy One of Israel. You see, it's important to know, as, as many of you do, all Israel is saved at the end of Jacob's trouble. God will not let them profane his name any longer. At the end of the millennium, in in Revelation chapter 20, they haven't profaned his name for a thousand years. Then the nation shall know that I am the Lord, the Holy One of Israel. Verse 8, the Lord says, Surely it's coming, and it shall be done, the day of which I've spoken. Now let's go to verse uh, verse 9. Chapter 39 of Ezekiel, verse 9. Then those who dwell in the cities of Israel will go out and set on fire and burn the weapons, both the shields and the bucklers and the bows and the arrows and the javelins and the spears, and they will make fires with them for seven years. Verse 10. Then they will not take wood from the field nor cut down any of the forests, because they will make fires with weapons, and they will plunder those who plundered them, and pillage those who pillaged them, says the Lord God. So, so what do we do with these couple scriptures? Well, it's clear the great tribulation is ended. The Lord has returned, the first resurrection has occurred, and the catching up of the righteous has taken place. Yet it's also very clear there are survivors who have have now transitioned into the millennium. These verses show what takes place on earth in the early months and years of the millennium. And do not match, do not match at all with the sudden and complete destruction of the Gog-Magog assembly by fire in Revelation chapter 20. Starting in verse 7, Satan is released and goes out to gather for battle when fire suddenly comes down from heaven and it's over. Those Gog-Magog forces are immediately eliminated. This shows this event in Revelation chapter 20 cannot be the same one described in Ezekiel 39, where it takes seven years to burn weapons and clean up the aftermath of the Great Tribulation. Ezekiel 39, 17 through 20. Now, Now, I'm not going to read all those verses, but I am going to read verse 17. Listen to this carefully. And as for you, son of man, thus says the Lord God, speak to every sort of bird and to every beast of the field. Assemble yourselves and come gather together from all sides to my my sacrificial meal, which I am sacrificing for you. 
a great sacrificial meal on the mountains of Israel, that you may eat flesh and drink blood. Now, folks, that's graphic language. But God can use very graphic language. So what's happening in Ezekiel 39 is a prophecy pointing to the destruction and death that takes place on the earth at the end of this age. The Gog Magog of Revelation chapter 20 is Satan's brief rebellion that is crushed post-haste. Ezekiel 38 and 39 make it clear the events we've just spoken of occur at the end of the age and before the 1,000-year millennium. But the prophet also leaves us a whole bunch of eternal hope. Listen to verse 25. Therefore, thus says the Lord God, Now, now I will bring back the captives of Jacob and have mercy on the whole house of Israel, and I'll be jealous for my holy name after they have borne their shame and all their unfaithfulness in which they were unfaithful to me when they dwelt safely in their own land and and no one made them afraid. When I have brought them back from the peoples and gathered them out of their enemies' lands, and I'm hallowed in them in the sight of many nations. Verse 28, Then they shall know that I am the Lord their God, who sent them into captivity among the nations, but also brought them back to their land, and left none of them captive any longer. And I will not hide my face from them any more, for I shall have poured out my Spirit on the house of Israel says the Lord. My friend, if we take nothing more from these two chapters in the book of Ezekiel, this great prophecy, let it be abundantly clear, God begins with Israel and he ends with Israel. They're the crown jewel in God's plan all the way back to Genesis chapter uh, chapter 1, when God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness and let them have dominion Listen, through the covenant nation, that promise remains even today, and it will remain in the future when a Jewish Messiah returns to usher us into his eternal kingdom. Let's pray. Father, your word says all your promises are yes and amen. You're not a man that you should lie. All that you have uh, proclaimed through your servants, the prophets, will, will come about just as you've spoken. Your word declares you do nothing without revealing your secrets to, to your servants, the prophets. What a promise, Lord. You reveal your word to us. We can know what's coming if we'll just look and see. Father, in these critical days, we're starting to experience preliminaries spoken of in your word. May we stay at peace in our hearts that if we seek wisdom and understanding of our times, you will reveal your heart to us. That if we endure, endure to the end, we'll be rewarded with well done, good and faithful one. Lord, you are our confidence. You're going to be our confidence right up to the end. So what we can say to that, my Lord, is Maranatha, even so come Lord Jesus. Amen and amen. Pray for the work, folks, that the Lord has given us. These are 
these are challenging days, and we have a lot of challenging days before us. Bless each and every one of you. God bless you. I'm Bill Nordstrom.